Let's go ahead and uh, uh, I'm going to go. My name's Ivan, if you don't know, uh, and uh, I'm a part of the church here. I'm going to be leading our lesson today. Um, but uh, before we do that, why don't we go ahead and start with a prayer, if you would pray with me. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you. We're so grateful to be able to spend time together as your people, to be able to sing your praises and to lift your holy name because you and you alone deserve all the praise, all the credit for each one of our changed lives, for each one of our uh, problems that we've overcome and even the problems that are yet to be overcome. You, God, give us the strength and the wisdom to overcome. Father, we are nothing without you. We are everything with you. Father, we thank you so much for this time. Be with us as we read your word and as we apply it to our lives. Help us to draw near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, you know, um, it, it kind of feels like there's like three people over here and then a whole bunch of people over here. But I don't want to ignore the people over here. So, uh, so that's much better. It's even now. Thank you, Joe. Problem solved. No, but uh, I've, uh, I've been doing some research, and, uh, you know, it is amazing. God is amazing, isn't he? And so many people have written so many books about the character of God, right? The nature of God and who he is. Um, uh, I can think of C.S. Lewis, and uh, I can think of even Thoreau wrote some stuff. I mean, it's just like the literature is filled about God's character. But not as much about Satan's character. And Satan is a really interesting character. So I started researching it. And what I found is, is one author, I think, really portrays the Satan's character like no other. And he's a doctor. His name is uh, Dr. Seuss. And uh, he wrote this book called Green Eggs and Ham. Okay, many of you know this book. And in this book, it's a, it's a narrative, basically. It's a... It's a narrative. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily like a, a commentary on Satan. It's more of a, a narrative about Satan. And in this book, you have a protagonist who we're never told what his name is. And we have an antagonist whose name is Sam I Am. Sam I am. Sounds like Satan. So you have, you have this antagonist, and you have the protagonist. And I'm going to read a little excerpt from this book, and if you've ever had this book, I'm going to start on page nine, if you want to reference it later. <laughs> that's Sam I am, that's Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. Do you like green eggs and ham? Sam I am asks him. I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Would you like them here or there? I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. <laughs> would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? I do not like them in a house. I do not like them with a mouse. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam. I am. And it goes on and on 
And this Sam I Am character just eggs him on and eggs him on and eggs him on. Would you, could you, would you, could you, would you, could you? Just constantly. And it gets under him, and finally he gives in. And he eats green eggs and ham. And he likes it. Isn't that how Satan is? I mean, I don't know about your life, but I know my life. And I'm like, I don't like Satan, you know, but he just keeps coming after me. And he says, would you sin in a mob? Would you sin at your job? Could you sin against your spouse? Would you sin with your mouse? (laughs) Would you sin out of hate and fear? Would you sin for your career? Would you sin against your teacher? Would you sin against your preacher? Would you sin in times of strife? Will you have sin in your life? Isn't that, that is who he is, right? He's just so evil and wicked. I, uh, I entitled the sermon today, Green Eggs and Sin. <laughs> and this is just a reminder of who Satan is. You can be turning your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. And uh, we're going to read a short passage. We're going to talk about it a lot. Uh, this is really the scripture that kind of describes Satan. Now, the book of 1 Peter uh, was written to a bunch of churches that are that back then were in different cities, but are in modern day uh, modern day Turkey. And they were they were going through stuff, and it's basically it's it's kind of an encouraging letter. It's addressing things. It's a very practical letter. Meets a lot of needs. Uh, in, the, in the different churches that were there. So when you read it on your own, it's really cool because it's very practical. There's things you can apply right away to your life. Uh, some, some books like Romans are a little bit more you know, challenging and, and you have to uh, you know, get a little more thought to it, but Peter's very practical and that's why I like it. And he says here in 1 Peter, he says in, in, in uh, verse 6, uh, chapter 5, verse 6, and just before this, he's talking about relationships. And he's, and he's basically talking about the key concept in relationships is humility. That you need to be humble with one another. That's how we need to get along with one another. And he says in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same type of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be power forever and ever. Amen. You know, when I read this passage, I sum it up in a quick little sentence. We need to persist to resist. We need to persist to resist. That's what he says. Resist the devil. 
The term here actually is, in the Greek, it means to stand against. To resist means to stand against the devil. And we have to do that. Because he's constantly coming at us. He's asking us, would you, could you, would you, could you? Right? You're, you're driving here this morning. You get in an argument with your spouse, maybe. The guy or the girl takes that parking space in the mall when you were shopping for Christmas. May, may I just say Merry Christmas to everybody? Merry Christmas. I think it's time we can say that now. You're trying to go shopping for gifts. Someone takes your parking spot. Right? You're angry. You're frustrated. There's all these things that are going on. And you're just constantly being bombarded by things. We just went through this huge uh, uh, election, and it was just, you know, I'm glad that's over. Wait, is it? I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> it was just all this negativity and just Satan working constantly to, to drive us against each other, against God, against everything. And he's constantly there, and he's constantly nagging, and he's constantly saying, would you, could you? It's exhausting. Isn't it exhausting? I get tired. I get tired of it. I fight it and fight it and fight it. And gosh, Sundays, I'm just so exhausted. I work on a campus in Cal State North, which is just completely secular and just constantly being bombarded by, by just negativity and gossip. And it's just so hard sometimes to deal with all of that. It's just intense. Well, I think there's three key things that I'm going to talk about today that will help us to overcome. The holiday season's coming up. We want to make it be a great holiday season. We can get all trapped up in the ways that Satan does his things, or we can be uh, free from it and we can resist. Amen? Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is knowing your enemy. Now, what does this scripture call Satan? A roaring lion. A roaring lion. Have you ever seen a lion? Has anyone ever seen a lion outside of a zoo? You've seen a lion outside of a zoo. Was it scary? It's scary. I mean, lions are scary. I don't care, like, you know, like, even if someone had a pet lion, <laughs> I wouldn't go near it. Because lions are scary. And we have to know who our enemy is. There was a a guy, uh, these guys that were driving through Africa in their, in their vehicle, they were driving through a safari area, and they saw this group of lions over on the far side under a tree getting some uh, shade. And one of the guys said, hey, look, I'm just going to pop out here. I'm going to take a quick picture of them. Pop in. I'm not even going to open the door. I'm just going to stand right here and take a picture of them. So he opened the door, and he standing there. Before he could get the shot off, he was attacked by a lion that was in the brush behind him. He never saw it. You know, that's how Satan is. Satan goes, over here, focus over here. Focus over here. This is where the real issue is. And Satan's over here. Isn't that how he is? Right? Because I, I know I do. I, I get so angry with that guy that cuts me off on the freeway. You know, and I'm so mad at him. And I don't really realize that the real issue is that Satan's coming after me, shooting those arrows, those little thoughts into my head of, that guy's a jerk. You are better than him. How come he gets to cut you off? Who does he think he is? I'll let it go this time. 
or with your or with your wife or your husband, right? Has anybody here been angry with their wife or husband? There's no one. Gwen really quickly raised her hand. She was quick to do it. We get angry with our spouses, right? And we we sometimes think that like, wow, they're, you know, they're the ones that are causing me all these problems, and we don't really see that Satan's at work to take our minds off of God and this great person that God has given us. And, you know, I was thinking about this with the political ads that have been going on. I was thinking about, you know, sometimes in our head, our, our arguments against our spouse are like political ads. Have you ever noticed that? It's like, um, okay. Um, it's like, it's like this. It's like, the Stream family needs a new motorcycle. <laughs> Gwen Stream doesn't want us to have a new motorcycle. <laughs> Motorcycles represent freedom. Gwen Stream is against freedom. <laughs> this ad was brought to you by Ivan Stream, and I believe in this message. <laughs> Ivan Stream wants a new motorcycle. We can't afford a new motorcycle. <laughs> Ivan Strain's going to kill himself on a motorcycle, and we're going to be a single-parent household. Does America really need more single-parent households? <laughs> this ad was paid for by the Strain family budget, but Eisman doesn't know it because he won't pay attention to it. <laughs> right? We get all upset and all worked up over things. We get all frustrated with what's going on with our spouses, and we get this thing in our head, and, and, and they're the ones that are really caught. And we miss the fact that Satan's over here in the corner going, got him. Would you? Could you? Would you? Could you? What about at work? You get angry with your boss or your customers or your teachers at school or your parents, or your children. And we're missing the fact, we're so angry, we're so intense, and we're just missing the fact that Satan's just sitting right there with a great big lion grin. And he's saying, got him. They took the bait. We have to know our enemy. We have to know our enemy. The next thing I want to talk about is in knowing our enemy, and we're persisting to resisting, we can pray or we can be prey. We can pray or we can be prey. Now, I could talk about studying the Bible, studying, doing Bible study and deep study. It's extremely important. It's as, as important as praying. But today I want to focus on praying. The reason why is because for me it's easy to read my Bible. But for me it's a lot harder to pray. It's a lot harder for me to devote myself to God. And it's, it's, um, it's something that I just don't want to do all the time. But also, I was talking with Joe yesterday, and I said, hey, Joe, you know the number one thing, what the number one enemy of prayer is? And he said, what's that? And, he, and I said, time. And Joe looked at me, he goes, I think the number one enemy of prayer is everything else. And I went, that's right. That's why we don't pray, right? We don't pray because we got to feed the kids. 
because we got to uh, get the kids to school or we have to get to school. We have to do our homework. We have to get this project done. We have to do this. We have to do that. And all these things are coming about and we just don't pray. And I don't pray. And I'm sitting there going, why haven't I prayed? I was leading a ministry, a, a campus ministry many, many years ago. And um, we had some success. And what I mean by su- success, how we kind of defined it back then is um, we had grown a lot right. uh, numbers wise. Right. And, um, and so the very next semester, um, a new minister came in, and um, we were talking stuff, and we had this really great plan of what we were going to do, and how we were going to make this ministry grow even more, and how amazing it was. It was a disastrous semester. So many people got involved in so many different types of really bad, egregious sin, and people fell away from God, and it was a hard semester. It was so hard. It was the hardest semester I ever experienced in any kind of leadership capacity. And at the end of it, the minister was being let go. And, um, you know, I, w- I didn't work for the church, but um, they were going to actually transfer me to another, to another site to be a minister in another place at the end of the semester. And we found ourselves meeting up on the beach in Huntington Beach. And we sat down and we prayed. And we prayed for a long time. An hour, two hours. We just prayed and prayed and prayed. Then we got up, we hugged each other, and we looked at each other, and we both had the same thought. We should have been doing this the whole time. You know, prayer is not retroactive. It's just not. And it's so easy to push it off Like it's just not important because we don't see the immediate consequences. But when you can look back over your life, you can say, well, you know what? I prayed through everything. It's not going to mean that all your problems are going to go away. But how things will happen and how you will handle them can be so much more content with God if we do that. We can pray or we can do pray. Um, The last thing I want to talk about is heeding the herd. Now, these are water buffalo, and they're chasing a lion. And I love this picture. Because if if, if that lion is Satan, who's the water buffalo? It's the church. And we're the herd. We're the flock. Right? And we have to heed the herd. Now, I watched a video. Maybe some of you have seen this. And it's an amazing it's an amazing video. Uh, it's very dramatic. There is a, a little baby water buffalo who gets caught by two lionesses. And they're kind of pulling him back and forth, and they're fighting over him. And the water buffalo is fighting and stuff. And they end up dropping him, and he falls down this embankment near the water. And a crocodile swims up and grabs him. Then the lions come down and grab this little baby water buffalo. And they're pulling on him. They're playing tug of war with him. And they're fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. This goes on for a while. I can't imagine what's going on through the water buffalo's mind. Like, what happened? Like, like, talk about bad days. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a day like that where you're just feeling like you're being tugged on by lions and crocodiles the whole time? And that's what's happened to him. And finally, the, the lions wrestle him 
away from the crocodile. Thank God, right? (laughs) (laughs) And they drag him back up on the embankment. And a couple of more lions come over. And they get ready to feast. And then the herd of water buffalo slowly but surely start making their way over to this little baby water buffalo. And they get closer and closer and closer. And as they do, the lions run away one at a time. And that little baby water buffalo gets up and runs back into the herd. Is that not amazing? Is that not an amazing analogy of the church and who we are for the people that are torn apart by Satan? Whether they're members or not, they're all water buffalo. And Satan's attacking them. Jesus calls the people helpless and harassed. Who's harassing them? Satan. And it's so easy for us as a church to get caught up individually in Christmas and and making the figgy pudding. And I don't know what that is, but you're making it. (laughs) Making fruitcakes. And you're making, you know, all these gingerbread houses and gifts. And we're doing and we're busy and we're wrapped up. And, and it's easy for us to ignore maybe one of us that is being torn apart because we're so focused on us. And I want to encourage you during this holiday season to look out for the other water buffalo, to keep them in the flock, invite people over, spend time with them, pray with them, talk about the enemy. This is going to be one of the most incredible holiday seasons we've ever had. You know, the Bible says, submit yourself then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. He will flee from you. And so what does this mean for us in the long run? We have to persist to resist. This weekend, just real quick, this last couple days, I went over to uh, the Hope Conference. And I saw people I was in a college ministry with 25 years ago. I saw a sister I took out on a date 20-something years ago. Went to her home with her family, and it was beautiful, and they're doing great. And I was like, that's so awesome. You know why? Because she persists to resist. And that's why. And I want all of us to persist to resist. And what does the Bible in this passage tell us if we do? And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let's persist to resist. Amen.